going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the MSU Sports Zone podcast. Today, we have a very special guest, four-star Michigan State quarterback commit, Caden Hauser. Caden, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And let's get right into it. So talk about your decision to commit to Michigan State and when you knew like it was the place for you to be because um, obviously I know you took a few days after that visit to you know, think, think things through and all that. Uh, well, yeah, I started um, – I was committed to Boise State. And I committed really early. I committed during my season in the springtime. And then uh, I had some couple other visits too set up. I like I had Duke, I had North Carolina set up. And I've been talking to Coach Tuck and Coach uh, Johnson for a while now. And uh, we finally got like a visit set up in, in uh, late – I think it was late July when, it, when we first set it up. And I really wanted to see it because I built a relationship with Coach Johnson and they kind of like, – they gave me offer after I committed. So it was definitely some interest there. And I definitely wanted to go and have an open mind and go and take that opportunity. I canceled the Duke and North Carolina visits and I just felt like – I mean, I, re- I really like where I was at with Boise State and I felt like the only school I really wanted to see was definitely Michigan State. And um, I heard, like, everything for the fans and stuff like that after my offer. Uh, they just went crazy. So I was like, I love this fan base, and I, I want to go see for myself what it has to offer. Mm-hmm. Um, we moved it up because I had an opening, for, and it just made sense. So a lot of a lot of the narrative when I moved it up was like, oh, he's going to commit. And I, I kind of just ignored that kind of stuff, and I just wanted to see for myself. I mean, I let the coaches know at Boise State, like, this is what I want to do. So I, I went in there with an open mind, and uh, when I first got there uh, – one of the quarterback assistants, Jake Riley, picked me up from the airport, and he literally drove me right to the facility. Um, I was just driving through. Like, we, I got picked up in Detroit, and we, drew, like, did the drive there. And it was pretty cool just seeing, like, East Lansing and seeing what – it was, like, really green. That was one thing that I noticed that was, like – I wasn't really what, knowing what to expect. It was super green there. Um, and then when once I got on the stadium, they took – they drove me right up to the stadium. Uh, they kind of did, like, a little intro. I got to meet Coach Tuck um they opened up the gates i walked right in the stadium and the whole coaching staff was out there um on the field they had a little hype video and they're all clapping and introducing my whole family and, and that was that was one thing that got me hooked just like walking in spartan stadium and just looking up in the stands and looking up at the just at the jumbotron and seeing all that kind of stuff it, it, it really got me hooked when i first got there and i did that i did the uniform thing all the pictures and stuff like that and then later off through the weekend i went through all the facilities uh, met all the coaches Metal, some of the players had Russo walk me around the campus and even into his apartment and stuff like that and just chilling with the players and eating with them and just seeing them in like how they work out and it, it was really cool and it felt like home for me and I know it took a couple of days I, I really wanted to make sure this was the right decision and, and it, in my gut feeling I knew it was right I just didn't want to make a just make a irrational like, irrational decision is jump in on a gut feeling but it took me a little bit um I called the Boise State coaches and they let them know. I feel like they had a feeling too. And I, t- I called Coach Tuck. I'm like, I'm in. And they're all fired up and happy for me. And it's worked out ever since. And I- I'm happy to be a Michigan State Spartan. That's great. And the last thing I, I want to follow up and then you can go, Brett, is so like you were mentioning, I know it's at Michigan State, but the Duke and North Carolina visits. And I never really understood. So like did those schools, and I know UCLA, you mentioned like, did they say we're not going to offer you? Because it doesn't show that you have offers from, you know, the Duke, North Carolina. Yeah. Did they say you're not getting an offer unless you camp for us? Or how, what was that all about? Yeah, so they showed interest. Um, definitely, UCLA was one of those two that showed interest. And they were like, we just want to see you throw live. That's how we operate. That's how we want to see kids. Because Duke and North Carolina, they only offer kids that are on the East Coast. And I'm a West Coast kid. And even at the UCLA, too, I had to go and throw for them and, I did throw for them, and 
apparently, like, I guess it didn't work out with UCLA, but um, with Duke and North Carolina, I just didn't really feel the relationship and the, the interest for me later in that, in that June month. So I was just like, you know what, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. It makes sense. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, Kayton, my question is, it's kind of like when you're going through the visit and obviously you're posting like updates on social media and you see the reaction from the fan base, kind of, how does, how does that play into your decision? Does it at all? Or is it just kind of cool to see? No, oh, it, it, it's definitely played in my decision. I obviously want to, we're playing for the fans and just to see the fan support after my, I made my decision and it, it was insane. I mean, one of my, my commitment tweet got like 1.4 million impressions, just like, the fan base just went nuts on my on my tweets and my all that kind of stuff, especially with you. All the things you've been posting, it, it really gets me cracked up, and it, it, it's really cool to see. And that's definitely played in my decision. Like I'm playing for an, an amazing fan base and some great fans, so I can't wait to play in Spartan Stadium. That's hilarious. But um, so you and Jerron were the only two guys that visited or had an official that weekend. Um, do you think that helped in a way where it felt like you or not felt it probably to you was felt like you were how am I trying to say? Um, like more of a priority or they prioritized you more than, you know, other weekends where they had nine guys take an official where it was just you two only and both of you guys end up committing. It was definitely like a more intimate trip. I feel like I had a close relationship with Coach Tuck and be able to talk with him more one-on-one, especially with Coach Johnson, too, and the rest of the staff. I felt like I had a close relationship with Jaron. I got to meet him, too, and he committed on the spot, which was crazy. But uh, um, it was cool to see, and I'm glad it was it was only two guys because I kind of got that, that home feeling, and it, it felt good. Mm-hmm. I'm happy that it worked out like that. Yeah, Absolutely. Kate, what's the best meal you had on campus? Did you guys go out to any restaurants? Or... Uh, um, we went to a steak dinner. I forgot what it was called. That was like top notch. That was that was good. We also went to Arcadia. I think it's called okay. the barbecue place. No, those are those are the two. So that was awesome. Yeah, East Lansing. They they've got a lot of really good food. They spots. do. I didn't I didn't go to all of them yet because they kind of they had everything set up. So next time I go up and go for a game, I'm hopefully gonna explore and look around downtown and try to find some place to eat so yeah awesome. for sure and then do you know which game you're trying to come up to this fall i'm guessing it's gonna kind of be dependent based on your football schedule yeah so we have a uh we have out of state schedule right before we get into our league games and that that week in between is a bye week and that lines up with the nebraska game at home so i'm planning on setting that up i think i already got the flight and the uh the rent a car set up to go to that game. The only thing is I have to check to see if I'm going to have practice that Monday after, which I don't think I will. So if that happens, then I'll be able to go to game and get that full experience that I'm looking for. Yeah. It's, it's going to be wild this, this fall, especially since we didn't have fans last year. So yeah, yeah, that'll, that'll be really cool for you to see. Yeah. And especially that weekend too. I think that's the homecoming game. So that would be a cool. Oh, that's sick. Yeah, that's yeah. perfect. And like Brett mentioned, yeah, <laughs> It was a rough season last year, and I think fans are just eager because they know, you know, we're not going to be as bad next year. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a cool atmosphere, definitely, for if you make it out there. Mm-hmm. And something I wanted to ask you, because like I mentioned earlier, um, for those that don't know, Caden and Ma Nawiyote, 2021 signee, had a previous relationship. Um, he told me that for him, he never was able to not only just visit Michigan State, but – he had never been to the Midwest prior to this summer, which I found interesting. So was this your first time ever, ever visiting anywhere in the Midwest? And if so, did it live up to 
how you'd hoped. No, so I have family in Omaha, Nebraska, and I feel like that's pretty close to Midwest in the Midwest. So I kind of get that feeling of like country town. So being able to see Michigan State, it, it definitely compares, and I, I really like East Lansing, and it feels like home to me. Mm, gotcha. Did not know that. <laughs> yeah. So, Kaden, I know, I know you like the the surfboard a little bit. Um, obviously, we don't really, yeah, we don't really have that in uh, East Lansing. Maybe sometimes you, you can hop in the river. I see people surfboarding in there. Yeah. Um, but how, what about snowboarding? Hey, I, I've seen pictures on your Instagram about that. Do you think that's gonna kind of become a bigger part of your life coming up? Yeah, I go snowboarding in the winter when I when I have opportunities to. I go to Lake Tahoe, which is in like Nevada, California. Um, I'm not sure what the situation is in Michigan if they have slopes or stuff like that, but that's something I definitely want to do because mm-hmm. I love I love the snowboard. So probably yeah, for that. Yeah, time, right? yeah, yeah. We we definitely have a lot of good spots around the state. I know, kind of if you travel a little bit up north, I I was listening to a podcast with. I think your dad was on with Corey and Justin and he mentioned how you guys are into fishing and they have a lot of cool spots up north for that and snow okay. they have a really cool like awesome. resort up north for snowboarding. So yeah. Yes, sir. Definitely quite a ride from East Lansing though. I because be- I'm I'm like you, Kate, and I'm I'm from Michigan, but I've lived in Florida for a lot of years, so I'm still getting used to all the stuff down there. Brett's naming all these restaurants. <laughs> 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 but, yeah, yeah, because I'm in Lansing, so I, I kind of have the lay of the land and everything. And, yeah, there, I mean, there are snowboarding, like, hills and slopes a lot closer, so. Okay. Yeah, next time I go, you got to let me know the spots and where to go. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got you. Um, Another question I feel like you haven't really got asked about that I think fans are, you know, curious is the Elite 11 finals. So you were there last weekend or whatever it was, a week or two ago. Yeah. So what did you take away from your experience? And how much did you and Quinn Ewers, or however you say his name, how much did you guys get paid to take that picture with Devin Gardner? Ah, uh, <laughs> it's funny because uh, I did my pro day. Um, so where we would go down and we do like a pro day script. We just go through like a list of throws, and uh, Devin Gardner was videoing the whole thing. He was on the live videoing it, so he was he was talking some crap while I was going down. Um, it was it was pretty funny, and uh, I remember watching games and him playing Michigan when Michigan State would just beat him up. So <laughs> uh, it was kind of funny talking smack to him too. But overall, that experience, I mean. That was it. Was one of the best experiences of my life. I mean, you you look at these kids like Quinn Ewers and Kate Klubnick that are just like top guys, and me, I'm not really that in the top five or five or three or whatever. But I mean, you want to see how you stack up against them, and I felt like I definitely stacked up well against them. I feel like I threw just as good, if not better, than those guys. Um, that's just me being confident, but I feel like you look at those guys and you're like, oh, I want to be, I want to be at that level, and you get that stage at Lead Eleven to be able to show your stuff because that first day I didn't really get the recognition I felt like I deserved. And um, I was able to show myself and show what I can do the second, third day. And um, it's a really good opportunity just to go and learn from some of the best coaches in the country, as well as compete with the best quarterbacks in the country. So overall, I was just a sponge and just took up as, as much information as I could. I had a notebook. I took like five, six pages of notes on the, like the first meeting. I just have pages and pages of notes and stuff I just wrote down and it's stuff, not even just football side. It's just like mental stuff. And, be able to live outside of football and some like mental training you can do outside of football just to prepare you for certain moments and certain uh, situations. So overall, it was just a great experience. I'm so happy I went um, and I'm, I made it to the 11. So as a kid, you, you grow up and you watch that. And that's the one goal is just to make the 11 when you're a young quarterback. So being able to fulfill that dream and perform the way I did, it's truly a blessing. And so glad I went that and I competed well. Yeah. And you mentioned like the rankings or whatever, the, you weren't the top three. But yeah. Like- 
you also got to look at, and I know you know this, but like, you know, Quinn and Cade, like they play in Texas where they've been starting for three years. Where for sure, some I saw, I don't know if it's true, but someone was mentioning you only threw 50 pass attempts. Yeah, here something. So, I mean, obviously, once you the coaches see you there and all the scouts, like that, obviously, will go a long way. And you know terms of i guess moving up or however you want to consider that definitely mm-hmm. yeah and I, I know kind of following the elite 11 there was one i think when you guys were doing the, the pro day and i think it was like 1 a.m here but I, I know we had hundreds of people on that instagram stream and watching you i think you think you put up second highest score in history so i know yeah. that was that was a lot of fun to watch and just that was i mean a lot of people's first exposure to seeing you throw and Kind of, I I know kind of the talk was that you had to wait all day to kind of do that. You came out and just dominated. So I know personally that was that was really cool to see and must have been, I mean, life altering kind of uh, event you were at. Definitely, yeah. So I mean, I sat. They I don't know how they ordered it, but I was one of the last ones to go. I was probably like second to last. But other than that, you kind of just sit there and watch the other guys go. So I was sitting there. It was cold. I sat there for like two hours. I'm like, hopefully I do good. I'm just gonna go in and sling it and. I ended up doing really well. I had the second highest score in history. I think that's what they said. Um, the first, the highest score, CJ Stroud. I think he got like a perfect score. But um, I thought that was that was the one that kind of they got me cemented, and uh, I'm, I'm glad I I'm glad I did well on that. So um, my next question, I know Brett's probably you know biting his nails to ask this one, and a lot of fans are obviously curious. Um, you know, you've been known thus far to be, you know, a guy that's going to go out and recruit players. And, you know, a lot of Michigan State quarterbacks haven't really done that in the past. They've been more low-key kind of guys. And you are as well, but it seems like you're a recruiter as well. So my question is, who are some guys you're trying to recruit, whether it's, you know, 2023, um, this class? Like, who are some guys that you're like, you know, I'm going to go after, whether they're in California or whether, you know, Tucker and the staff are like, we want you to go after these guys? Um, one of the guys we're trying to go after is Ryan Bear, um, big old lineman guy. Um, yeah. I've been reaching out to him and just trying to get him to hop on board. Um, I text him constantly, just like, hey, man, like, what are you thinking? And kind of just go walking through my experience and let him know, like, Michigan State's the best fit for him and stuff like that. And he's been really good just talking back with me. And from what I've heard, I feel like he's he, – I think he has a crystal ball to Michigan State. So I feel pretty good about that one. Um I was talking to Nickel too. Nickel just committed. Mm-hmm. Um, we, uh, I was talking to Sean Miller. We didn't get that one, but um, there's a couple other guys that we're we're looking into right now, and then I'm gonna start reaching out too. So I'm excited for this 2022 class and also the 2023 class. I have a uh, one of my receivers at that Bosco, uh, Jaleel McLean, who just got offered, and um, I keep telling him like, "Hey man, you gotta join me. You can commit early." And he's he's a hell of a <laughs> player, and I'm just I'm I'm starting to get some guys on my team that I feel like that that can play at Michigan State too, and especially guys in LA that I feel like are are really good receivers and really good playmakers, and that I can start bringing to Michigan State. Absolutely. Yeah, so I I guess kind of a question that kind of goes off that in terms of like because you're from uh, kind of Nevada, then you obviously in California now, and coming over to the Midwest, it's definitely going to be a little bit of a change, but what. How does NIL kind of play into that? Does did Michigan State kind of give a good presentation of that? Did that uh, kind of opportunities? Because we have a lot of really notable alum that pour money into the athletic programs, and did that? Did they kind of try to get that home for you guys? Yeah, when I one of the first presentations was they were talking about the NIL thing, and they they're going to do a really good job of just getting me out there and getting my social media going, and also just reaching out and getting getting me in front of investors and uh, 
some businesses that I can start making some deals and stuff like that. And I feel like they, they have a really good job of doing that. But of course my, the only thing I'm focusing on right now, my freshman year is going to win that starting job or compete to win the starting job. Um, that I feel like the NIL stuff will always come later. I feel like it's good to have understanding and a basis for it, but um, always the first thing is football and building a relationship with the team, becoming a leader. So. And I guess my last question is you kind of mentioned the visit earlier and Anthony Russo, you know, he told me he was your host and you mentioned that. Um, so like Anthony was your host. Um, what, what were some of the things he told you considering he hasn't really been at Michigan state, you know, as long as some of the other quarterbacks that, you know, I got you. Yeah. So, um, Russo's a really good guy. Um, I wasn't really sure how he was gonna how it was gonna work out when I first met him. I mean, I've never really gone on an official visit before, so I wasn't really sure like how the dynamic was gonna be. But I mean, meeting with him, he's a super cool guy. I mean, he came from Temple. He came from a school that was just wasn't good, and that's what he that's what he was telling me. He said the offense was good, the talent wasn't good, and the football wasn't good there. And he was a really good player in a in a really bad organization. And um, I felt like when he made the move to Michigan State, well, from what he's told me, he said he loves it. He loves the offense. He feels like it's a fit for him. Um, he's already made a lot of friends with the guys on the team, and he's he's doing the extra work going out and throwing with the receivers, and he he's just loving it down there. And that from what from seeing that and seeing how much he loves it, I feel like that that kind of sealed the deal for me because I'm like, I want to be that. I want to go there and love football and go in every day and workouts and just give 100. percent And um, he's he's loving it and he fits really well into the offense and he's making a really good running to win the starting job. So it's it's cool to see him. I'm a huge fan of him now. I didn't really know him much before. And watching him now, I'm a huge fan of his. So it's really cool to see that. Well, wow, those are some harsh words he gave from Temple, but I mean, yeah, it, it's true. I know, it, yeah. Terrible last year, the Brett, but that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I guess my last question is going to be kind of, I mean, you can't, you just kind of talked about it, but in terms of like the mentality of the team and going out to compete, uh, we know you're a big Kobe Bryant fan. How, how does he kind of play into – I know you really like Kobe and Tom Brady. How have they kind of impacted your personal life as well as your sports career? A reason why they're – like my favorite player is just their mentality and how they how they deal with certain situations. I feel like although Tom Brady went to the school down the road, I feel like his, his mentality is just he, – he's dealt with so much adversity like through college and through his high school career and even in early NFL. And once he got that opportunity just to go out and compete, he, he took the most of it and – He's super successful now, and I feel like I can apply myself to that too. Because just seeing, um, seeing, I, I've went through, I've went through some some stuff I had to deal with too in early in my high school career, having to deal with a transfer, and also dealing splitting time as a senior in high school. I feel like those are all things I have to deal with as a, as a young high school athlete, and those are all things I have to build off of, and that's what makes me work harder. And I feel like all the stuff that I've seen from Brady and I've seen from Kobe, I can apply to my game, and that uses that motivation and just go out and compete and. I always carry a chip on my shoulder and I'm going to bring that to Michigan state. And, um, I feel like with Kobe, I, I'm a huge Kobe fan. And, um, uh, just seeing his, his work ethic and how he approached every practice, every drill, every rep, every game. I feel like that's, that's the mentality I carry. I feel like I approach every rep and every snap. I, I, I give a hundred percent and I give it all. And even if I don't do it as well, I take that as a learning rep and I go back and I try to compare and try to get better and always working on my craft. So, those are two guys I really look up to and um, yeah. Yeah, no, but the only thing I was going to say is you're not the only one. Cause I'm a huge Tom Brady fan as well. Yeah. Went to that school, but that's really all I have. I just want to say thank you for joining us and doing this Caden. Um, and do you have any last words, Brett? 
No, Caton, really, really nice to kind of get to talk to you and definitely appreciate you coming on and giving us some really good answers and uh, definitely looking forward to following your uh, season coming up with Bosco. So if there's any way we can kind of stream those games or watch them from Michigan, just kind of let us know and we'll definitely do that. And I'll keep firing off some tweets too. Yes, sir. We'll stay in touch. Thank you guys. <laughs> I appreciate it. For sure. Talk to you soon, Caden. Yes, sir. Thank you. Later. To the Caden Hauser interview. Now we're going to segue into the football section for this week and recruiting. And this week we're going to talk about the in-state 2022 prospects at Michigan State's after the most, just because it feels like this week that's been the talk of the week. Uh, we can start it off with Dylan Tatum. Um, I listened to the Michigan Insider Podcast earlier today, Brett, and they just started laughing when they mentioned Tatum because nobody really knows. He's delayed it a lot. But now it seems that it's set in stone. Dylan has mentioned he's going to visit Michigan and Michigan State one last time this month. I think he also has the track finals at the end of this month, if I'm not mistaken. And then he said after that he's planning on making a decision. So where do you think Michigan State is with him as it, you know, the decision dates start to come closer? Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to get a little bit better of a feel. Um, I, I did. I was able to kind of tune into Jory, uh, Justin and Corey's podcast where they had Curtis Blackwell on talking about him. And uh, just he really had a lot of really positive things to say about him. Uh, he said he's the best athlete in the state. Uh, incredibly hard worker, really smart. And wherever he goes, he's going to be a really good player. Uh, he could play kind of all over the field on defense as well as obviously if he wants to play offense. And then one one interesting tidbit here was that um, he, he's super connected to other recruits and players around the state as well as outside. So he said if, if you get him, he's going to be one of those guys who are going to really recruit well over the next three, four years. Yeah, absolutely. And I did listen to that podcast as well. Great job from Corey and Justin there. But I just think at this point, like you're saying, you know, it's it's really a 50-50 battle. Anyone that says it's 60-40 or whatever, they're just kidding themselves because no one knows what Michigan's going to do. Like we've been mentioning, they could, for all we know, they could go out and flip Damani Jackson like in the winter. Like nobody knows. So I feel like with that, I just feel like Michigan State should be the leader. But, you know, everything's pointing that way. He grew up a Michigan State fan. Um, excuse me, the only thing I was going to say is the only thing not pointing that way is Ron Bellamy at Michigan, his high school coach. So I think for that reason, that's the only concern with Michigan. Other than that, I think I really think he would be a Spartan, but that's what's causing, you know, the cause of concern right now with Dylan. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I think it's weird because, I mean, we, we've talked about him before. And each time I, I kind of have a different gauge on which way he's leaning. But right now, I, I think the edge does go to Michigan State just because, it, it, like we said, like the longer this thing takes, the better it is for us. Because I think. The rumor was he had a commitment video recorded months ago where he was going to go to uh, U of M, but obviously that didn't transpire. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I still question that video stuff, but it's been mentioned a lot, so it probably was true. Um, but the next prospect that we found out is going to be visiting July 31st. He has a commitment date set as of now for August 1st. That's four-star defensive back slash safety. Jaden Mangham, Jaden's brother, I think it was Jaron Mangham, was in Mel Tucker's first recruiting class at Colorado. So there's that connection. Um, and he was also from the state of Michigan. So obviously Tucker knows his family and him very well as of now. Um, but, I mean, West Virginia is rumored to be the leader. But with Michigan State getting that last visit on the last day before his commitment, you never know. It could change things. And I think the best case scenario for Michigan State would be maybe he delays the commitment a little bit. 
But what do you what are you thinking right now as Mayhem is going to visit in a few days, Brett? Yeah, that was another really interesting kind of development because it, I think it was kind of a foregone conclusion that we were out of it, even though we're in his top five. But to kind of get him on campus, I think it's at Spartan Dog Con. I don't know if he's participating at it. I don't know what – or maybe he's just coming up for uh, unofficial. But, yeah, I think kind of having him on campus the night before he decides uh, definitely can't hurt things. And the fact that he's going to be doing that lends me to think that – we're definitely probably, if if not, I don't think we're the leader, but I think we're probably that second team. So I think if he gets blown away, he if he pushes that decision, that's obviously really good news for us. Um, if he does decide on the first, you never know. It could be a surprise in our favor. Uh, but right now, I still think he's probably going to end up at West Virginia. But uh, you, you never know because the staff, they kind of get guys on campus and we didn't think we were going to get the one kid who committed a few weeks ago who is a Georgia lane. So Hey, we'll, we'll see what happens. Or Florida State, I mean, rather. Yeah, Quigley and Carter. Um, yeah, the only thing I had on May- Mayhem was actually one of my buddies is close with someone on his high school team. And he basically reiterated today to him that, you know, he doesn't even know where Mayhem's going. So even though it's been all West Virginia crystal balls, I don't think Mayhem has made a decision yet. And people are going to say, you know, why, why West Virginia? You know, um, people are going to, you know, Michigan fans are going to say they don't want him or, you know, whatever. They're not recruiting them. But from the looks of it, and I, I don't know if you've heard this, but I think I've heard in the past that he wasn't necessarily scared of competition, but he was kind of a guy that wanted to go somewhere where he knew he was going to be able to play right away. And, you know, I don't know what's scaring him away from Michigan State right now because although we do have some defensive backs that are solid, like I wouldn't say Michigan State's necessarily, a, you know, like Clemson or something right now where players come in and they're scared of competition. But that's really ha- all I have on Mangham. I'm not sure, you know, like like you said, it's probably going to be West Virginia. But this recruitment would not shock me if he came out of that visit and said, I'm going to delay this just a little bit longer, to be honest. Yeah, and if he does, I would start to think that we're in the driver's seat there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And the next one up came out with the top five yesterday. People were still speculating on if he's a take. Um, but that's Antonio Gates Jr., four-star wide receiver slash DB, but I think he's being recruited as a wide receiver. Um, his top five was Michigan State, Penn State, Florida, Kentucky, and Tennessee. I don't think he's a take at Penn State right now just because of how many players they've been landing, and I think they already have three wide receiver commits. I really think this is going to be between if Michigan State wants him, how badly do they want him? If they don't, I think you'll see him go to, like, Kentucky or Tennessee. Um, what is your take on Gates? I feel like everyone has a mixed review on this one. Yeah, this is another really interesting one. It seems like all these guys kind of have a different backstory and why their recruitment's interesting. But his might be the most interesting because he was supposed to commit to Michigan State early this year. And then that got delayed. Last year. And got delayed. Yeah, last year. I mean, right around Thanksgiving, I believe. So, yeah, it's, it's been delayed a few times. And – uh, rumor is his visit to Michigan State didn't necessarily go the best. And then when we kind of think we're out of it, he puts out his top five and we're back in it. Um, I mean, he, he's a four-star kid. He's a legacy player in a way with his father being Antonio Gates, who's here for just a little bit. Um, but, I, I mean, if you have a chance to land him, I think I think you have to do everything you can to do that just because of how talented he is. I think that you can kind of – even if the kid had a bad day, you don't necessarily – knock him down for that. I mean, he's 17 years old, so that's going to happen. Um, but yeah, I, I think definitely exciting opportunity to add 
another really talented player to the offense. Yeah, that's exact. You put it exactly right. Like I've I've gone back and forth. Like you know, do what do we really want him or should should we? And then I'm like, you know, he's a kid from Michigan. Two twenty four seven Sports actually ranks him as um, the number two hundred ten player nationally. It's rivals that, you know, he's still in the two hundred ninety range for composite, but rivals is the one that has him as a three star. But twenty four seven Sports thinks really highly of him, and. I don't know where exactly I heard it, but some somewhere today it might have been one of the boards. Someone said, um, you know, like Mel Tucker wants him more than some of the assistants. I don't know if you saw that. I'm pr- pretty sure you probably did. But if that's the case and Tucker really wants him and the assistants are the ones, you know, shaking their heads or, you know, scratching their head, excuse me, then if that's the case, I would say he's definitely going to be a take for Michigan State. And I feel like this one, the longer it goes on, you know, I think some people are going to say the worse it is, but in my opinion, the the better it could get. Like if you're saying the visit didn't go as well, it's only time to just keep building that relationship. And with you know Amari Amari Amani Amani Winfield looking elsewhere or staying committed to Texas, probably not coming here. You're probably not going to get Kevin Thomas um, July 31st. And like Kaden mentioned, you didn't land Sean Miller. I think it's just setting it all up for in place and for Michigan State to eventually land Gates if they, they do indeed want him. Yeah, and I, I think that that's a really good haul. I mean, it's a kid that's obviously been highly touted for quite a bit now. He's a local kid, and, I mean, he's he's, he's ranked really high, so that doesn't come up just for, for no reason at all. So, yeah, I mean, if, if you can land him, I, I think that's, that, that's terrific. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And the last name for this week is 2022 four-star defensive tackle Alex Van Sumeren. Like we've mentioned before, the number one defensive target on the board by far, not even close. Um, he visited Michigan State, Penn State, Northwestern, and Texas A&M in June. He's been teasing out a few Instagram posts this week with, you know, putting Penn State and then Texas A&M without um, a caption, which I found interesting. And like I told Brad earlier, he just randomly followed me on Instagram an hour ago. So definitely um, an interesting, I wouldn't say an interesting, but definitely, a, you know, something to monitor. What's your thoughts on Vance Sumer and as August is shortly approaching? I still feel we're in the driver's seat there. Um, I think we, we've kind of talked off the record here, as, as we do quite a bit, that I, I don't think AM is a real threat. Uh, Penn State, we think potentially they over-recruited, so I, I don't really see him go ending up there. Clemson, if he waits till the fall, if he if he delays the decision till then and makes a trip there, I think that that puts them in the driver's seat. But right now, that doesn't seem to be on the table. And then that brings it down to kind of Northwestern and us. And uh, I, I would hope that we're in the driver's seat. But obviously, Northwestern, they, they got a really nice program there, um, really good academics. And it seems like he really enjoyed that visit. But um, right now, I, I would tend to believe that he's going to end up in East Lansing. Exactly. This is one where I'm not too worried about. Um, and I honestly, like, even though I said to you, like, they over-recruited him, I thought it was still a possibility, but Penn State just picked up another defensive end. I know he's a D-tackle, but defensive end the other day rated, like, 50 nationally. So, although Penn State definitely wants him, he's still a take there. I just don't see him going to Happy Valley no matter what. And you mentioned Northwestern. Yeah, I mean, I guess if he's going to stay in the region, they don't really scare me that much. Um, you know, they're great academically. If that's something Alex is seriously looking into, then, yes, it could be a threat, but I haven't seen that mentioned. Clemson would be the team I'd worry about. And I think people are like, oh, like, you know, whatever. 
he's not going to Clemson. You guys got to realize he's in, I think he's the 180th player nationally. So he's definitely a guy that Clemson wants. The only issue with Clemson, like Brett mentioned, is they don't do official visits until the football season starts. And if Alex is patient enough to wait, I personally would if I was Alex. Um, I'd want to go visit Clemson. That's probably outside of Michigan State. That'd be like the campus I personally want to visit, as I'm sure he does. So it will be interesting. But I think in the end, like you said, Barring something crazy, I think Michigan State will pull this one off. I really do. Yeah, and I kind of get the sense that a lot of these kids that are kind of at the end of the recruitment, they want to decide before their season. Uh, I think even Jack Nichols said it a few weeks ago when we had him on that uh, that a lot of people, they just want to focus on playing ball. Um, So, I mean, I I really do think he's going to make a decision here in the next week or so. I don't have any inside info that just kind of – we've heard kind of the August 1st date People want to decide before then, uh, Bear as well as uh, Van Sumeren. So, obviously, that's coming up. So, I think that if he does make that decision in that time frame, I think it's going to be Michigan State. Then, obviously, that's about as solid as it can get. I mean, we, every time we get a recruit, someone's like, oh, are they going to flip? But I don't really see that being the case in this scenario at all. I think this is a little bit different of a recruiting cycle compared to last year where kids are able to visit campus now and kind of form those – in-person relationships, so you're not going to have any waffling flakes in this class. Yeah, and that's a great point. And like we mentioned the other week, or one of us did, like, you know, you had a guy, um, I was forget his name, Gabe Neely, something like that, where <laughs> it's hard when you don't visit campus. But not only that, Brett, Tucker's able to be a lot more honest with guys like Dylan Tatum or Jaden Mayhem, like, look, if you come, we're not taking anyone else. Where I, don't, I, I just find it hard to believe where Tucker told Gabe Neely, like, you're the guy and we're not going to over-recruit you. Where this year, they, they know, like, look, it's Dylan Tatum, um, Jada Mayhem, and then Davian Collins. That's who they're going after at the position. So they know that. Um, and I think that's, you know, helped too, like you said, with Van Sumeren. They, I'm pretty I'm pretty They definitely have made it clear to him that he's the number one defensive target. And, and if they get him, they're probably not taking another one. So I think that's, you know, that's something that, you know, mentioned you're not going to see a lot of not necessarily flakes, but like just guys that are questioning their decision. I don't think you're going to see that as much as you did last year. Yeah, because last year there are a lot more unknowns too, especially with the transfer portal. I mean, you had kids committing back in April, and then they didn't really know kind of the attrition that was going to happen at the end of the year. I think I, I forgot how many kids we had leave the program. I think it was like 22 or 23, and then you had 15 transfers along with the the 2021 class. So, I mean, that's a lot of kids coming in. Um, so I think it was a little bit different of a situation for those fre- incoming freshmen as compared to this class where uh, obviously, I mean, they're still going to use the transfer portal to kind of aid, aid the rebuild process, but it, you're not going to see 15 transfers come in this off season that could throw a recruits uh, position on the depth chart into doubt. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And the, Tucker brought that up today in the big 10 media press conference. I can't remember the exact quote, but, when he was being interviewed by, you know, the round table after, after the whole press conference, he basically told one of the um, analysts that, look, it's like the NBA draft, or I think he used the NFL draft, the NFL draft, where you, you're, you're building through the draft, but you can obviously add pieces in free agency. And that's, I mean, I laughed at it, but that's like the way to look at it nowadays, where it's basically like free agency for the transfer portal. Like, you don't want to go out and spend $200 million if you're an NBA team or whatever on free agency, it usually doesn't work out, but 
if there's someone you really like, you're going to go out and spend the money. And that's how it is for the transfer portal. Um, that was a great point. Yeah, and I think even Coach Tuck kind of touched on that in his uh, interview press conference today that they're going to build through recruitment, but they're going to also aid the process and kind of bolster up the, the depth chart through – uh, the transfer portal, like you said, it's it's a type of free agency now. Uh, you, you're going to have to adapt and evolve to it. And I mean, there's there's a lot of really good players out there. Like we got Quaverius Crouch. I mean, he, that that's an NFL player you just added to your team, and you got to do it in in an off season where you you really need that position. So yeah, I, I think it's it's really exciting, and um, definitely think that this 2022 class is going to be really important for kind of the, the how, how this program transforms back into a winner. Absolutely. And, yeah, Converse Cross is a great point. I was just watching a clip that I'm probably going to be posting on Instagram after this that Xavier Henderson said he's been the most competitive player on the defensive side, that just the way he brings it, like, every day. And he's definitely going to be an NFL player one day if, if he thrives like everyone's expecting him to. But that's yeah, the that's oh, my bad. Yeah, no, I was just I was just going to kind of add on to that real quick is like that's really important to have guys like that on on a team that is coming off a really bad season that is looking to kind of just get, gain its ground and its footing kind of as as a new new regime and program here is that you want to have guys like Crouch that are pushing people in practice and I mean that because that kind of mentality grows on people and it spreads infectiously so um you're going to have freshmen that are going to pick up on those things and then spread it down. So it's definitely going to help uh, kind of enhance the culture there. Absolutely. I guess the last thing we can touch on is, you know, Big Ten Media Day today. What were your thoughts on, you know, Tucker's press conference and everything you said, basically? Yeah, I think I I had a tweet that uh, people seemed to like a little bit about um, what I said Mel Tucker had the greatest press conference in the history of life or whatever. Um, I, I, I honestly, I, I was impressed. Uh, luckily this week I was able to be on two different zoom calls where uh, coach Tucker was the speaker and I, I was blown away. Um, it, it seemed like he was almost recruiting the people on the call to come join the program. Um, and I, I was ready to commit on the spot, obviously, but no, I think, I think he did a really good job just kind of setting the tone of the program he wants to build and, now, one really important thing for me is he doesn't make any excuses. He didn't use yeah. COVID. He didn't use no off-season program. He didn't use the year zero thing that's become really popular. He said, hey, we got to be better. There's no excuses. This is Michigan State, and kind of let's go. So I think that that's, that, that's really important to have from head coach. And I know that uh, the program down the road, they have a coach who makes excuses, and I think that that's kind of why uh, Michigan State's going to dominate them for years to come. Yeah, no, that's totally true. My two favorite, you know, points from his whole thing today were the, you know, first season, second season, you know, it's not the first season. He, he owned it. And that was one of my favorite things. And as well as him sitting at the round table with a few of the analysts. And I think it was Josh Perry was, he played for Ohio State. And he was asking Tucker, like, um, something about like how he dealt with last year, just basically telling him like, you know, we were bad and Tucker just started laughing. He's like, yeah, like it was, it was bad. And once he did that, like he didn't, you know, give a smirky remark like D'Antonio might have done if he was pissed off at, you know, Hondo or someone in the press or like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that stuff I love about Tucker and it's just no excuse mentality. You know, like I, I don't remember a lot of the quotes, but basically I think Mike Villani should be apologizing for calling Tucker a bad speaker at that press conference, the opening one. <laughs> No, I agree. I mean, I'm sure Tucker was probably a little bit nervous, and it. I think 
Delaney was a little bit too harsh in his criticism. So I don't, I didn't listen to him today. I don't, I don't really know if he, if he kind of corrected himself, but I mean, I think Tucker has his talking points and he definitely gets them across. Uh, he, he's really big on culture, really big on accountability and just keeping along and sticking with the process. So um, he, he hammers those things home constantly. And I think that that's going to be key. Cause I mean, you got to have a culture of accountability and, I feel like I'm brainwashed now into saying that because I've heard him speak so much now, but uh, that's kind of like the big thing. For <laughs> yeah, the, the other one is, um, what's the other one? Oh, gain ground. He had to gain ground. 10 times. But yeah, I mean, if you were to watch Jim Harbaugh's press conference yesterday, for those that are trying to learn English, the only <laughs> word you would have learned was, uh, he had to, <laughs> Jim had to have said that like a thousand times where Tucker was, I thought Tucker, I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe Ryan Day, but other than that, like, you know, they're probably the two best when it comes to speaking in front of a crowd. You know, you had Paul Christ up there. He's not the best speaker. I'm mean, No offense, he's just not the best. But I, I, I was, you know, Tucker made me not run through a wall, but just wish football season started tomorrow, to put it in perspective. Yeah, and I can only imagine kind of being in that building and having him kind of speak every day or something, especially before a practice. Like, I, I mean – I I was listening to him when I was at work, and he was giving this. I was ready to go, so um, I can only imagine him getting you fired up before a game, and it, it's just kind of little things. He just hammers him home, and just does a really good job with it. Absolutely, and that's basically everything I got to cover this week, Brett. Do you have any last and final closing words? No, I think just really appreciate Kate for coming on. I think uh, that was that was a really good interview, and I I know I learned quite a bit, so. Uh, definitely looking forward to hearing this one back and yeah, just appreciate him for coming on and looking forward to a busy week of recruitment coming up here. Absolutely. Hopefully it's, it's probably like Brett just mentioned guys, um, the dead period ends July 25th. Players will be able to visit July 25th through July 31st. So like you just mentioned, you're going to see quite a few players visit Michigan state. They're doing the, I don't know if it's a barbecue, whatever you call it, July 31st, or is it like a PDQ? What are they calling it, Brett? Uh, the Spartan Dog Con. I don't. I. I think it might be just like a camp for juniors, but uh, I'm assuming they're also going to have other because it seems like Mangum's going to be on campus. So I don't know if they're also going to be doing the official visits or unofficial at the same time, where it's kind of a mix and meet. Uh, I, I'm not really sure. Yeah, that was the one thing I last thing that I forgot to add was I'm kind of shocked Mangum, you know, won't just do its official. Like they've been trying to get him for an official, but it seems like it's going to be an unofficial. That's that's the last thing I forgot to add. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm still not sure about that, but yeah, I think yeah, it's gonna be exciting because I'm I'm excited to get more reports of guys coming on campus and you get those surprise visits here and there. So hopefully they'll be able to. I, I think Tucker said he wants to have a class of 25 every year. So I think that that leads us 10 more guys are going to be uh, committing here. So um, still got a lot of lot of room, a lot of good players out there. So um, yeah, I think. They got a lot of work to do still. Yeah, Justin mentioned he him thinking it could be 22 players, but I just – I don't know. I find that hard to believe just because you're probably going to see after next year a few more guys from the team that aren't happy with their current role leave. So I think 25 would be ideal. Penn State and Ohio State have already said they're taking 26. Um, so I think 25 would be the number that everyone would be happy with, to be honest. Yeah, Absolutely. And that's all for this week. Thank you all for tuning in. Hopefully you enjoyed the Caden Hauser interview and some of the in-state 2022 recruiting insight. We'll be back next week.